Hey Matt. Hi Josh. Where you been? Um, I've been busy with stuff. You have a girlfriend now. Yeah, I have a girlfriend now. So, yeah. I think we have a new rival. Oh, yeah, for sure. After this week? so Absolutely. So did Vanderbilt <laughs> jump right under Tennessee to your most hated teams? So, okay. Wait, what do you think my list is? I think your hate... My list surprises you. I think, I think your, your list has evolved. Yeah. I think Georgia has crawled up it. Okay. But a I lot st- because they're good? I just think you've had a lot of feelings about Georgia lately. Um, I think your list probably goes Tennessee. Okay. Maybe Georgia, but I don't know about after after Vanderbilt this past weekend. Okay. Um, FSU, LSU, and then literally any other team playing the Gators. That's so funny because it actually goes FSU. Okay. Tennessee. Okay. Georgia. Okay. I don't really have any hate for LSU. I mean, I'm excited we beat them when we do. I just, I have a lot of hate. I never, like, they're always a program I respected up yeah. until they called us scared for trying to reschedule oh, the, the game with the hurricane. Yeah. yeah, that kind of rubbed me wrong. I feel like us beating them after that kind of just ended that for me. Okay. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go Vanderbilt number four. Now, Florida's in a weird position, right? Because Florida's the only team where, like, we have four schools that consider us a rival. Like a serious rival. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go for sure FSU, Georgia, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, LSU. What's interesting is, you know, my uncles have always said that Vanderbilt always plays UF hard. Always. I mean, we always, I mean. They always play Georgia hard as well. 2015, right? Yep. 9 6. But 2016, what, 14, 10, 17, 14, something close. Yeah, we've had the, we've had this discussion before. Yeah. Um, I, I know Dan Mullen says that he and Derek Mason are friends. I, I don't buy that. <clears throat> and that they're actually good friends or whatever. That might just be coach speak. I just, I don't know. Look at it however you want, but I got fired up seeing a coach. You can look at this two ways, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing a coach start standing by his injured player arguing with the Opposing sideline and yelling yeah. things at their coach. Now, is he so upset about his injured player that he's sticking up for him? Yeah. Well, he has every right to be upset with what happened. I mean, what a hit, though. It was a hit, and it was a blatant target. All that. I mean, I I understand why he was ejected. I totally get that. I understand why Derek Mason would be upset. I don't know if you walk away from your player in that situation, because you know that things are heated already. Things haven't been exactly. I mean, we had a player get an unsportsmanlike conduct earlier for something. We both we both believe he didn't have the power to do. O'Shawn Joseph flipping a guy over a single. Yeah, line. I still don't buy that one. Yeah, I think if you were to look at that again, it just it doesn't make sense that he did that on purpose. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think Derek Mason should have come away from his own player and started chirping at our sidelines because he knew his players were going to get involved and he knew our players were going to get involved 
trying to find it, but I know um, it was James Houston, right? Yeah, Houston. I mean, and now the second, I believe. I'm the fourth. I'm the getting fourth. so mad that I'm becoming more and more of a New Yorker. Gross. Because I almost said James Houston. James Houston. And anyone outside of the city yeah, would be like, that is not going to get that. James Houston the fourth. Um, uh, yeah. But I heard he posted, I, I just looked at his Instagram and I didn't see it, but I heard yesterday that he posted, this is a man's sport. If you don't want to play, get out. Oh, man. You know Mullen made him take that down if you don't see it now. So, I mean. Yeah, okay. So, I think after the chirping and the back and forth, that game changed quickly, right? I mean, let's just... I mean, we got behind really quickly, 21-3. to three, And I think a lot of that was due to our, our own mistakes. We had... We had a turnover in the red zone, which they returned for 98, a 98-yard drive, right? Um, and then we had a fumble that was recovered 50 yards downfield, which was a really strange situation, where the, where the ball gets to the sideline and it just kind of rocks right there without going out of bounds I, I mean you play that a hundred times it goes out almost every time right like what bad luck you know what I mean it's like it, I just looked at you and I said it couldn't have just taken one more flip could it yeah so we were in a really strange situation to start with it's not like they were really beating us all that bad we were just not taking advantage of being the Florida Gators well here's the here's the interesting thing is Everything went wrong for our team so much in that first half. Yeah. And I would, I would argue to say the t- first 20 minutes. Yeah. Right? Everything went wrong. And we've harped on this group a lot yeah. for being soft, mm-hmm. for being weak. And I said this is a team that only won four games last year, right? Yeah. That doesn't change over the course of the summer. A lot. They lost a lot of that because they were mentally weak and soft, and they gave up mm-hmm. and everything. We didn't see that team on the field. No. This they came mm-hmm. back, and I think a lot of it has to do with their love for Dan Mullen, and that they saw him fired up. Yeah. And I imagine that he gave them a pretty fiery halftime halftime talk, and he was mad, and he wanted to win that game, and I think they bought into that. Yeah. And I think even before halftime hit, we were both talking about, because now Josh and I get to watch every game together, uh, we were talking about how we were going to win that game, right? We didn't have a doubt at that point. Sure, when we were down 21-3, that was one thing, but I think once we got that second field goal to end the half, right, as the as time expired to end the half, I, it felt more like we were in that game. It didn't feel like a very big deficit, and it felt like something we could easily overcome. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I felt like, even though the 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 on-the-field momentum wasn't on our side for for that, for like, what, the first 20 minutes, like you said, the overall energy was us. I mean, even the the announcers said that stadium was 60% Gators. It really was. One half of the field was fully Gators, and that's just the way they're their stadium is they don't have a lot of fans come out which is it's unfortunate for them but also our fans apparently travel really well and I know you mentioned the announcers we're going to do a whole bit on that some of the worst let's not get ahead of ourselves but we're definitely going to discuss that a little bit I'd like to just quickly talk about Felipe Franks because you know he had a 60% ish uh, completion rate which is high for him. He's usually at like 54. 
uh, for 284 yards, and he, he threw two touchdowns. I thought it was going to hit 300. Yeah, he was really close. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He was very, very close. Whenever the stuff like that happens, and you can never call a game like this, I guess, unless you're the Saints waiting for it to happen with... Um... Roethlisberger? Yeah, man, the Saints <laughs> waiting Drew for it to happen with Roethlisberger. <laughs> no, unless it's the Saints waiting side. for it to happen with Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I almost feel like, should Mullen have let him try to get 16 more yards? Interesting. To, like, knock something, like, check something off of a box? Yeah, for Felipe, I mean, do you think that would have done a lot for Felipe, I mean, you know, mentally, or does it really even matter? Am I just kind of thinking... Is it just kind of senseless? You know what I think? I think Mullen has shown that he is clearly a quarterback coach. And he, he Felipe is in the best hands he's ever been because he keeps getting better every week. He really does. Dan Mullen is not the guy who's looking at numbers like that. Right. Dan Mullen wouldn't want the confidence to come from that. He'd want the confidence to come from true play. Nice. Right. No, yeah, I mean, I I wholeheartedly agree that Felipe looks better week after week. Um, as of right now, he outside of Will Greer, he looks like the best quarterback that's played at Florida. Yeah, I mean, everyone's had flashes. Driscoll had flashes. Even uh, Treon Harris had flashes. Hate to say it, he did. But um, Skylar Morningweg <laughs> didn't have a flash. No, but really, I mean, for the first time, I feel like. We might be in an okay. At, at least the quarterback position is average to stable. Yeah, stable I, to average. However, you want to put that scale. And you know what? Last year, and the year before, and the year before that. I mean, you can't tell me I'm wrong. We would have taken. Yeah. Middle of the road. Yeah. Right. So. Um, we were begging for it. I think you're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. In a good spot with Felipe. Yep. To just manage games. Make plays sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, until Emory Jones or someone else emerges, that's going to be a really good quarterback. Because I think, if nothing else, Mullen gets a really good quarterback to Florida. Yeah. But I think we're talking about this too much and not talking about some of the real standouts, which has been that three-headed monster, as they love saying it, at running back. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that next. I just want to make one thing clear. I think Felipe Franks is going to continue to play next year. I think he's the starter next year as well. If he is, that's fine because that means that he's taken some big jumps. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, yeah, let's switch over to, to running back, right? We have P. Ryan, Scarlett, and Pierce. All, all three of them had 10 carries yesterday at least. Uh, P. Ryan had 23, Scarlett had 16, and Pierce had 10. Yeah, and... I thought it was really cool because Pierce actually got some like some additional playing time because I feel like you know every week you hear me saying where's Pierce put Pierce in they put him in real early this game and they didn't put him in real I early I think part of that is because of because uh, Scarlett because of me Cause of you. <coughs> oh because of all the well yeah. you called him a lot all right you've been writing letters too my uh, press pass has been denied and revoked yeah I understand that because it's kind of weird that you just keep showing up in Gainesville telling them to play Pierce and like you don't show up to games or anything. I don't always get to pick when I'm in Florida these days. So yeah, yeah, I gotta like fair. totally fair. If it's Tuesday at seven AM in your driveway, I gotta let you know when I can let you know. You're right. You're right. I, you know what? You can't argue with that. 
So, uh, Jordan Scarlett, it looks like he got banged up in the first drive. But yeah, but he was back in. But he was back in, he but he just in. got less playing time. It went to Pierce, clearly. I think last week was really, and it continued into this week, was really the first time that Scarlett was not playing like he was scared mm-hmm. or like he might get injured if he goes into contact again. Yeah. He was running hard. Scarlett plays. He hits hard, too, right? Like, he, he usually breaks that first tackle, and he churns. And I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but what do I love that he do, that he does, right? At the end of all of his all of his runs, whether it's two yards in or f- ten yards in, right, he always gives you that little leap at the end to make sure the ball goes an extra yeah. two or three yards. Well, he makes it work. Well, falling forward's a big deal. Yeah. He does a little bit more than falling, right? Right. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm like, it's just... Even if you're going nowhere, mm-hmm. just forward motion can get you two more just, yards. Yeah, yeah. So um, P. Ride has just emerged to be such a great player in his yeah. own run, especially in the passing game, because I love some of these plays that they're doing with like, you know, just throwing it out, like letting these guys make plays if there's not a whole lot there. And I know that's one thing Mullen's been preaching is. Take what the defense gives you. Yeah, well, you know, P. Ryan was our lead offensive player yesterday. Do you know how many? Do you know how many yards he had from from receiving? I think he had low eighties. Ninety three, average of twenty three yards per catch. That's big. That is big, um, and because that's big, because that's a that's an offensive playmaker, right? Yeah, that's a difference maker on the fl- on the field. Yeah. And that's like a lot of what we've been missing, and that's one thing that's there with like Trayvon Grimes, Van Jefferson. Yeah. Um. Is it Polite or Stevens that's on offense? Stevens. I get them confused, man. Polite, and then you got Moral Stevens. Yeah. It just throws me for a loop. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> but no, our receiver group is really starting to catch up, and I mean. So Grimes didn't have a catch yesterday. Interestingly enough. Yeah. But we had nine different players make a catch yesterday. Read them off to me. Got P. Ryan. Fantastic. Jefferson. Great. Uh, Cleveland, of course. Of course. Josh Hammond. Yes. Finally Mor- making plays. Moral Stevens. Yep. Uh, Jordan Scarlett. Nice. This one was one that you and I both turned our heads and questioned. <laughs> Who's Kyle Pitts? I don't know. I mean, have we... Call us out if he's... Have we missed something again? Is this like it. Brian? Is this like Tavon Brian? Uh, Freddie Swain. I just want to call it how funny it is that we missed Tavon Brian. Tavon. <laughs> Tavon. Tavon. We missed Tavon Brian for the longest time. He's a first round draft. He's a first round <laughs> draft pick. <laughs> we're the. We're not good at this. If no. y'all are ever under the illusion that we're good at this, this is the most average podcast. Uh, I wasn't done reading them off to you. Freddie Swain and and my favorite player, Kadarius Tony. Tony looked great yesterday. Uh, Tony didn't get a lot of playing time. Well, he hasn't got a lot of playing time all year, honestly. No, but you know what he's doing? He's really key on those special teams. Yeah, those I mean... returns. But he had some big plays yesterday. Yeah. He's one of those people that he makes a... Um, he makes a difference when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. He does. He absolutely does. You know, Kyle Pitts is 6'5". Six five and a half. Anyways, two hundred and thirty five pounds. That's a big receiver. We need yeah. those. Well, oh, it's his freshman year. Should have paid more attention to recruiting, huh? Yeah, we didn't do a great job in the offseason. We were really busy. Josh moved in. 
And then that was the end of it. It just all fell apart. It all fell apart. You'd be surprised living with each other makes it harder to podcast. It really kind of does. No, I just think these, this Mullen team so far has just been really, really well coached. Mm-hmm. And people were questioning, um, well, when I say people, yeah, I mean Greg McElroy was questioning if Florida could come back from an 18-point deficit. Yeah, so apparently we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, I know. And that's not surprising. I, I can't see a McElwain or a Muschamp-led offense, you know, the ones that we saw crawling back from something like that, demoralized on the road, you yeah. know what I mean? Totally fair, right? Absolutely fair. But you and I both said it, it really felt like in this game we fell behind ourselves. Yeah. Right? We took ourselves Which, and we gave ourselves that deficit. Well, here's the thing is... And in the past, we couldn't overcome that. Yeah. We'd keep making dumb mistakes, and then we'd pout and get irritated, and then expect it to fix itself. Yeah. Um, we came back, man. It was awesome. Yep. Completely agree. It was really, really good. It was nice to see. We saw our team didn't give up. Uh, it just... It felt like a Florida team that really, really cared. When you saw... Voshan Joseph going off the sidelines and he's pissed off because he's out of the game because of the the second unsportsmanlike conduct penalty he's pushing through whiteboards and stuff that guy cared he wanted to be in that game he wanted to play he wanted to make a difference and he does make a difference in every game he plays he's big he might be our best defensive player and that's saying a lot right yeah you got Voshan Joseph you got uh, Chauncey Gardner Jeff Jefferson he's got two names this year you got, you got Polite. C- you got Polite. You got CC Jefferson. You got Steiner, who's really making a name for himself in the fourth quarter these days. You know, he ended that game against Mississippi State with that sack, and he ended the game against LSU with the interception. Yeah. I mean, defense has some playmakers, man. Mm-hmm. Grantham's, like, all in on blitzes. He's aggressive. You know the thing I like about it is he takes a lot of risk and a lot of chances. Yeah. You know, and... Sometimes that pays off, sometimes it doesn't, and it seemed to have mostly paid off for us this season. Yeah. And I'm kind of shocked by it because a lot of times on these aggressive <coughs> defenses and everything, you have to have some really athletic guys. And I and maybe I was wrong, but I just wasn't under the impression that our defense was that athletic. I mean, I'm not They su- were fast. Yeah. What are you not surprised by though? I'm just I'm not surprised that they're still good, right? Yeah. Because we've been recruiting really good defensive players for years now. Well, that's all we had for years now. Yeah, and I mean, we're still reaping the rewards of that. You want to talk about your favorite game caller of all time? Do I want to talk about Craig McElroy? Yes. You mean 2009 SEC and BCS national champion Greg McElroy, who went on to be an elite quarterback for the New York Jets? Is that Greg McElroy? Yeah. Okay. There's just I've n I haven't been impressed with any of his suit combinations all season. No. What's your favorite thing he says? What's, Dude. Your, what's your favorite what's your favorite place on the field, Josh? What what region of the field is your favorite? Oh, oh the the um the red area. <laughs> the red area. Matt and I really he, he Matt never picked it up, but um I've just heard more and more people saying red area instead of red zone. And we're pretty sure Greg McElroy started it. No, no, I don't think he did. I think I'll, I think some of the... He, um, that's who said it 
last time you we started talking about it. I think I heard it in NFL first. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so. But and then Matt and I are like red area, red region. Red region. Uh, Okay, so I've come up with a really fun quiz of uh, questions I want to ask you. Okay, your head coach, your plant, your game calling, you're, you're doing all these things, right? Yes. Okay. For some reason, and this is all hypothetical, okay? All hypothetical. You were down big in a game on the road, right? Yes. You finally come back. You're up six points, right? You're up, you're up, you were down about 20 points, just about. I think I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, you're up around six points now. This sounds really familiar. Does it? It's yeah. just all hypothetical. Okay. Okay. It's the fourth quarter, roughly 14 minutes to go. You had just scored your go-ahead touchdown. And you held the the other offense on your defense to a three and out. You got the ball, 14 minutes left. Do you continue to tack on points because you know that they've scored, you know, all right, let's just say uh, 21 uh, points so far? Or, seems like maybe, and I know this is hypothetical, but I'm, yeah. I'm guessing it wasn't difficult for them, to, for them to score to begin with. No, it wasn't. It seemed pretty easy. Those okay. points were active. Okay, quickly. okay, okay. Your defense has done a really good job the last two quarters of holding them, for the most part. Yes. But they did rack them up quickly. Yes. Okay. So, with being up six points, do you keep tacking on, right, now that you've had a big comeback? Or, there's only 14 minutes to go. Do you start burning that clock? You start I mean, running it and just making sure. I don't know. Would you say you melt that clock? I mean, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I mean, I, this might be silly, but I think you got to put four points on the board. At least make this a two-score game. Interesting. What do you think Greg McElroy does? I think he says you got to melt that clock. Yeah, you got to melt that clock, Josh. You're up six points. That's two field goals. All right, dude. What's, what's the next question? Oh, next question. Great, great, great. Eight minutes in. Yes. Second and ten. Yes. Okay. You gotta punt the ball, right? But you have to be prepared because you know they're gonna block that kick. There's no way they don't because every punt is blocked. <laughs> We've punted probably ten times this game, and none of them have been blocked. But you know this one is blocked, right? So what do you do? Do you a give it to your running back who's gonna break out for forty-five yards and have a huge play, right? Get you in touchdown. Yeah, position? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or do you just gotta kick it away on second and ten? Because from Vanderbilt's perspective, according to Greg McElroy, they went from, oh, second and ten, they're about to punt, to, oh, no, we're about to give up another touchdown. Yeah. Dude, I can't believe (laughs) (laughs) that he was saying, what was it, going into the half? Yeah. There's, like, almost no time left. It was, like, second and ten for us. And he was like, we had to score, and then we needed to score again. Yeah. And we essentially, we did. But then he was like, on the second drive, he was like, Vanderbilt might have time to score here. A minute left. We have the ball, <laughs> and it's second and ten with a minute left. In what world would they have a minute left to score? <laughs> yeah, we had the ball at second and ten. It was our drive. The drive that ended with a field goal to end the half, right? Yes. Right? <laughs> They're thinking about getting the ball back with a Even minute left. Even if... They intercepted it. It would still be less than a minute on a fumble and interception at anything. They had no timeouts. They had no timeouts. <laughs> I, what, it's so funny because Dan called me and he was like, dude, what Dan, is... Dan, not Dan Mullen, his stepfather, Dan. 
Oh, separate stories. I was going to tell the one about Mullen calling me, but I can guess I can tell you about my stepdad calling me. Yeah, tell me about your stepdad calling you. He called me, and he was like, dude, I hate Greg McElroy. He's a terrible announcer. He shouldn't be allowed to, to do this. <laughs> oh, man. And what's the thing? Oh, man, what did he say that we got really worked up about? All of it. All of it, right? Just, just all of it. <clears throat> dude, the Patriots are really taking it to Kansas City. I really felt like Greg McElroy was watching that that game through the lens of a Vanderbilt Commodore. Is he a Vanderbilt Commodore? No, he's a he was the Alabama quarterback from 2006 but to 2010. Do you think he thinks he's a Vanderbilt Commodore? Well, he also <clears throat> called them the Doors a lot the whole time. The, he never said Commodore. No, not once. Oh, the doors really have to blah, blah, blah here. The doors. This is a good drive for the doors. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I exaggerated. We didn't punt ten times. We punted twice the entire game. You know who doesn't punt? <laughs> Alabama. Their punter's going to redshirt this season. I swear to God he no, is. No, he had to punt yesterday because they took two out of the game in the third quarter. <laughs> was that his fourth game or that, his fifth? That was his fifth game. Yeah. Gosh. No more redshirting for him. Uh, just quickly, I want to walk around the SEC. Well, we, we can finish. I mean, our game kind of just ends with we really showed some heart. We fought back. We didn't let the, the score get to us. We knew, we knew we had X amount of points in us. We got those on the board, and we stopped them from scoring. I mean, after, after our turnaround, 20 minutes into the, into the second quarter, into the first half, right? I mean, we shut them down after that. That was our game. Yeah. So. No, we really did. I feel great about the last 40 minutes of that game. If that team shows up, that's the same team that showed up against LSU. We're beating anybody. I don't know about anybody. Have you seen that to a kid? Oh, sorry. Alabama doesn't count. When I say we beat anybody, I mean like we beat anyone like reasonable. <laughs> like no one, I don't think anyone's going to beat Alabama. Hey, do you, this is a quick question because the way our season's going and everything and the, yeah, and I don't think the team in question makes it into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do you think this could end up being the year that Meyer and Mullen face off? Or am I just getting crazy and way ahead of myself? I think the only way it happens, and this is nuts, the only way it actually happens is if by some miracle Alabama loses a game Kentucky wins out, including beating Georgia. We beat Georgia, and then Kentucky beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. Because I think that the playoffs will then be Ohio State, Kentucky, maybe Notre Dame, maybe Clemson, I don't know. Hopefully Notre Dame loses. I think they'd have to lose for this to work. And then Florida is number four. Uh, I'm I'm not saying we get in the playoffs. I'm saying... In another bowl game. Oh, I'm just giving you my crazy playoff prediction. I mean, oh, that's no, like no, the no. most outlandish playoff. I was saying, I, I still think Ohio State trips up at some point this season. Do you th- I think maybe they lose to Michigan this year. And then, uh, well, Michigan's in a they they're a tight spot. They need to win games. That's a yeah. game they they would have to win. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so let me ask you in a in like a New Year's Six bowl. Yeah, it would it would have to it'd have to be in a situation like that, which mm-hmm. means we likely have to win out. Yeah, um, they have to. No, lose. I think a ten and two Florida with a loss to Georgia and Kentucky puts us in a New Year's Six. That's fair. Okay. Do you think? Yeah, we're ready to beat Meyer. 
I think if we don't play Meyer this year, we may never play him. Why do you think that? I don't. Th- I think his time in college football is numbered. I don't think so. I think so. I think, I think <laughs> if Homie was gonna leave, I don't think he leaves. I think some more stuff comes out. Dude, I don't want to get into it. You but, know he's not a good guy. But the dude somehow stuck around after that. Yeah, but we know for a fact that's not the worst. Anyway. No, like, to get out of all that craziness. Um, <clears throat> yeah, okay, okay. Do you think we're ready to beat Meyer? I don't think so. I, I not, from a, from, not from a Dan Mullen coaching perspective, because I think Mullen could, you know, outwit Meyer. I think Meyer's an incredible coach. He's the second best coach in college football. Terrible. He's the number one worst human coach in college football currently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know, Bobby Petrino is still a coach. That's not important. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think... DJ Durkin killed a guy. He's not a coach, though. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Mullen has outcoached everyone this year. Yes. He he's fantastic. Ed he, O, which is pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, right? I just don't think... I just think our personnel just isn't there yet. I think Mullen is winning us games. Possibly, but I don't... Th- I think if we're at the point where we're in a New Year's Six Bowl against Ohio State, we have a chance. No, we have a chance for sure. I don't think. So. I don't know. I, this team's growing every single every. No, single they're game. getting very good. I mean, I, I think Tebow said it. A lot of other people are saying it that Florida, that to use um, Muschamp's own quote, the cabinets were not empty. Yeah. Um, now. Nothing in the cabinets was being used correctly. Yeah. It was like taking lemon pepper and putting it in chili. Yeah, we have a guy, Stevens, who plays now that hadn't played for four years. Apparently he's fantastic, but he just needed to get some playtime, some attention. We had a guy who just needed attention. Ridiculous. Well, Antonio Callaway needed the cross cut off his PB&Js. Yeah, so that was a little bit more important. Um... So, let's take a quick walk around the SEC. Yeah, I think I said that like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, so, Tennessee finally won a football game against the SEC, breaking a 13-game streak. And unfortunately, ending the streak of having a lo- having a last game be a loss versus every single SEC opponent. Unfortunately, it was against Auburn in the West, which is their rotating, uh, their rotating West game. So, it looks like we won't be able to bring the streak back for a very long time. Yeah. Um, Georgia LSU. I know I I love to say it. I called this game. I'm not surprised by that win at all. I'm not surprised by the huge win at all. I think after a loss uh, to us the previous week, they were going to bounce back hard. It's a home game in Death Valley. The fans were going to be crazy. They wanted number two Georgia. They wanted to redeem themselves, and they did. And I think it's a really good win for us. Because it shows we beat a serious LSU team. And LSU has the best resume in the country. And it shows that we can play with the serious team. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mississippi State and LSU, you know, it's, it's, it's no joke. Nope. And then coming back against Fandy like we did, that's also no joke. Um, so I give us more of a shot than I did with Georgia, but we'll get into that um, in the next episode. Yep. 
We have a whole episode dedicated to that. Uh, Tua left the game, but it sounds like he's okay. Yeah. Nick Saban said so. I mean, was Saban ever gonna? Was he ever gonna say anything else? Probably not. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is five and two. Is that surprising? No, he's a fantastic coach. He's at a school that has all the money in the world and in probably the most talent-rich state in all of football. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Totally fair. He's a hell of a recruiter, so it's... It's not like that dude was ever going to suck there. Couldn't agree more. But is he going to... Is he going to beat the Ed O's, the Sabins, um, and all that of the world? I mean, he, bar- he barely beat Moschamp. <coughs> you know, um... Auburn lost to uh, Tennessee. I know you talked about that, but I was th- I was about to say Jimbo Fisher beating the Gus Malzons of the world. I was adding, adding him to that list, but I I almost think that Gus is on the hot seat at Auburn. At Auburn. Well, he's not on the hot seat. They gave him an extension because of how well he did last year. Yeah, but I mean, he's like he's one of those coaches that he was on the hot seat, then he did really well last year and got an extension. So how quickly does that seat warm up now? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you lost to Tennessee, you know. Yeah. Which we lost to Kentucky, and that sucked. But we didn't lose to a bad Kentucky. But this Tennessee team has proved that they're a bad Tennessee team. They're a bad Tennessee team. We lost to a good Kentucky team, and you know what? The difference is that was our first loss, and we bounced back from it. Right. Auburn doesn't have any really big wins. It's looking more and more every day like that Washington win wasn't as big as they thought. I don't know, it's just, they don't look sound. They don't look too good. The SEC's, I mean, it seems that for the first time in a long time, the SEC is a little bit balanced. I mean, obviously Alabama's far and away the best I thought you were about to say that the the SEC's down, and I was like, huh? No, 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 I'm going to say it's balanced. Like, Alabama's clearly on top. Yes. But we have Georgia, Florida, and, I mean, of all things, I'm going to say Kentucky over here in the east. And we got in the West, we got Alabama, we got LSU, and I guess Texas A&M deserves to be part of that conversation, too. They do. Too. They absolutely do. Because their losses to Alabama and a, and a Clemson team. That might be good. Maybe. Any Dabo Sweeney team is going to be as good as, as... I think he's going to get the most out of any team that he's coaching. Yeah. Agreed. So, that's where they are. And that's where we are, guys. That's where we're here. So, upcoming, we'll have a, a Where Are We Now halfway through the year. We'll talk a little bit about each game, I think. And then we'll have a dedicated Georgia preview game. And then, who knows if we ever talk to you again. Yeah. I mean, you didn't know we were going away last time we went away. No, we're not going away ever again. No, we paid for SoundCloud, so we have to do it. Yeah. It's an incentive. $68.5 each. 